I think that is because Tony Ferguson was in a situation where he lost the interim title. It was taken from him all because he tripped over some damn cable wires working for the UFC. So if you want to talk about circumstances of getting stripped, um, that that was pretty rough. Now, he was interim champion. He wasn't the champion. Um, and there is a difference there. The one thing I would say, though, is if you're going to talk about, well, what is what is the difference between the two? Let's just say under the, the parameters that work, and they're both working under terrible parameters, right? Per, terrible circumstances. Uh, understood. But Tony is going forth. He is raising his hand and saying he'll fight. Khabib is out here saying that this is unprofessional, that this is uh, unacceptable, and that he just wants a location of where to fight because he has a lot to deal with. Here's Khabib uh, talking to Brett Okamoto, or Brett Okamoto earlier in the week. This is not regular fight. This is like how is like 16 days before fight and I don't know location. What is this? This is not professional. This is not like even like Tony Ferguson, like a couple days ago, he talked, hey, if I don't have location, I'm not going to sign contract. He said this. This is not my word. But nobody pay attention on this. You know, I don't understand. Like, hey, give me a, give me a location. I have to come. I have to fly. I have to jet lag, you know, like different climate. I have to cut weight. I have to focus. I have to finish my training camp. Like too many stuff, too much. Okay. Like right now, if they... If they give me location, if I can come out from Russia and I can go to in any countries like U.S., Abu Dhabi, doesn't matter. I'm going to fight 100%. 100% I'm going to fight. So Khabib's upset, and understandably so. But here's the thing that, that is, that's tough if you're, if you're a fan of Nurmagomedov. Tony was dealing with all this stuff too. You know, that, I do think that that has to be part of the story. Is that, yeah, I, I wouldn't like the idea of somebody's title getting stripped because we're in the middle of a pandemic and this guy thought it, it a priority to go home to Russia. But these guys were under the agreement. Like, the, you know, it could have been one of those things where, you know, Khabib was in the situation where he's training and he's frustrated and all that stuff. But you don't think Tony was dealing with that stuff as well? And so... I just think that if you're going to go back to some of the reasons we've seen guys get stripped, and namely the one of the participants that's in this fight, uh, if you're going to give me what's a more legit reason to strip a guy, one is basically flying off to another country, refusing to do the fight, or a guy tripping and tearing his knee while he's working for the company. I mean, you know, most in most people's field of business, that's workman's comp. That's that's not a that's not a, a grounds to be demoted, which is basically what happened to Tony Ferguson. When he tore up his knee. So I think there's a case to be made for Khabib to be stripped. But here's the problem with doing it. Is that ultimately, if you do strip if you do strip Nabagamadoff, that you are gonna be in a situation where people are gonna look upon Tony as a as a paper champion again. You know, he's gonna win the interim championship and pro, you know, against Justin Gaethje, if he beats Justin Gaethje. Um and People are going to look at that and say that's that's kind of a fugazi belt. It doesn't really mean much, you know. Uh, like I'm seeing this this week with uh, with the John Jones news and John Jones getting arrested for DWI and uh, and, and uh, pleading guilty and all that stuff. And people are saying, well, he should be, you know, th there should be an interim title. I'm like, well, why? You know, John John's not going away for a long time. Um, why? Because he got in trouble. You feel like you're worthy of getting a championship shot. 
I mean, okay. I mean, Tiago Santos and Dominic Reyes, by all means, fight for a championship. But I think in the eyes of the fans, you we've seen with Daniel Cormier, um, unless you beat the man, it's tough for people to think of you as the man. So I don't know what stripping Khabib really does for Tony. I think he has an argument for them to take the title from Khabib. I really do. But I just don't. I think in the end, if he ends up himself with a belt after this, what does it do for Tony Ferguson? It's the second interim title, um, and and both of them are under not great circumstances. But I understand his frustration. Like this, this Nurmaga Madoff, this was the rap on him before before the Connor thing. Like, look, Nurmaga Madoff, a lot of people thought was the best lightweight in the world for a long time, but his availability was certainly in question. The weight issues. Uh, the injury issues, all of this type of stuff were were things that people had to be worried about with 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 uh, Khabib and what they were dealing with with uh, him as a champion. Um, you know, it's not until recently that he's had this resurgence and looked upon as one of the stars of UFC, beating Conor McGregor the way he did in a highly publicized fight will do that for you. Uh, but I get it. I get it from Tony Ferguson. I get the, the frustration that he's going with uh, with these two because this is the fifth time this is supposed to happen. Um and, and really, how could you, other than the fact that if they don't strip Khabib and he does have to fight for, uh, if he does end up having to fight him to win the championship, you've got to think at some point, the only thing that's going to keep this from happening is, you know, if he loses to Justin Gaethje or if he ends up losing to Conor McGregor or something like that. But if he continues on top, eventually they're going to get back to each other. This This path is inevitable. It's going to cross again. And then what? And then... You know, does it help business that again, this is the last unicorn of all fights, or are people going to get sick of of the dog and pony show where you swear to God that you're going to get this uh, this great show and and all of a sudden it's taken away from you because it has now been a handful of times and that's wildly frustrating if you're a UFC fan dealing with all this stuff. Uh, from Noaga Madoff standpoint of being frustrated with uh, the UFC's professionalism. I get it. Uh, you know, this is one of those things where the guy, the, honestly, look, the person to mostly blame here is Dana. Um, I don't want to hose down uh, Nirma, uh, Khabib because he's scared to fight Tony. I don't think he's scared to fight Tony, but he is the A side here. You know, he is the guy that makes it go. And bet your ass if, if Floyd Mayweather was taking somebody on in the middle of a pandemic and, you know, he didn't know where the fight was, I mean, it wouldn't even be a question. That uh, that the fight would be postponed or be on Floyd Mayweather's terms, and you know Nurmagomedov's Madoff's not Floyd Mayweather, but if you were going to put a, an apples to apples, I mean, he probably is the Canelo. Uh, he is he is uh, probably top three right now of fame in the UFC, and so with that being the case, um, you get it, you get it. Um, I know there's people that that don't like that, and they think that these guys always say anytime, anyplace, anywhere. But they don't have a where. Like that's the, you know that is the thing that's that's really the 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 hardest part. If you're Nurmaga Madoff, it's like, well, where is the fight going to be? Does anybody know? Because you remember last week, I was hosing down the idea that it was going to be in Florida. I said, no, no effing way. You know, there's been local cards down here. They they canceled like four of them. They were able to have one card in Jacksonville under like some real strict rules. But you know, there were cards at the Gulfstream that was canceled, Hard Rock that was canceled. Mikasuki uh, that were canceled on, on on 24 hours notice. You know, guys had already cut weight and were supposed to fight at the Mikasuki, and they canceled the fights. So I just thought, no way. But at this point, I can't see the fight being international. So it's got to be somewhere. Um, I don't. 
the the only thing this was the one idea that I th- I thought made sense um, if it was possible, but I don't think it really involves Ferguson. I guess although it could, if they ended up going to uh, Colby versus Woodley or an Usman versus Masvidal. The easiest way to do this, if you really want to have a card, if you really wanted to have a card that has the least amount of contamination, the easiest chess pieces to move, I think. This is just me throwing it out there. Um, I do believe that that uh, American Top Team has a full-size ring, or has a full-size cage, so you could theoretically do it at that gym. It is a monstrosity. So they could fit all the television equipment they need in there, I think, to make do and do a broadcast. You know, look, man, I've gone to warehouses here. They throw up a cage. It's not like you need the the craziest setup in the world. I'm just trying to make it easier for everybody. You know, places where Masvidal goes anyway because he's training. Uh, Usman is literally down the block. Um, If they were to make that happen, for a Tony Ferguson fight or for a guy who's training in Big Bear, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what the answer is there. You know, probably them going to someplace, some uh, reservation somewhere that maybe gets to work outside the guidelines of the United States of America. But I don't know, man. There's the, the, for me, I'm hoping I'm hoping that the uh, the answer would have just been let's postpone the thing. It seems like Tony's still raising his hand and he's he's willing to go and say I, I'm ready to to go. That's awesome, man. That's my son. He's popping into the garage just saying what's up to everybody. He's just built himself a gorilla. So, um, yeah, I, I just think that from the standpoint for Tony is you're fighting Justin Gaethje. Cool. Um, I don't know what it does for you, though, man. Like, I think for for – because here's the thing. Nobody – it's not to take anything away from Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje is a tremendous fighter. He's all violence all the time. He's had a really nice bounce back after what people probably thought was maybe his game peaking when he first got into the UFC where, you know, he won a fight by attrition after looking like he was going to lose and then started getting his ass kicked by a lot of guys who who just looked a little bit more talented than him. And now it's really swung again where he's become that killer. I don't feel like Tony needs to gain any lightweight credibility from anybody. He's already beaten the who's who. Uh, With Gaethje, I thought the perfect place for him to probably go was a Conor McGregor fight. One, I think it'll up the star power of Gaethje. Two, I think if Conor beats him, I think it just adds to his credibility. It's not the most, I I don't think he's the highest rated, uh, one of the highest rated contenders that he could beat. Um, You know, I think Poirier is better than him. But I get it. You don't want to redo the Poirier thing because you smashed him when he was a, 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 at 145 pounds a decade ago. Uh, well, not a decade ago, but five years ago, six years ago, whatever it was. Um, from from Connor's standpoint, I think beating Gaethje would be a good feather in the cap because he is a top contender, and people would look at it upon Connor actually earning his way back to the title rather than being spoon fed a guy like Donald Cerrone, who I think is a let who. I don't even have to tell you as a legend. He's uh, he's absolutely amazing, but um, you know the fight, the f- winning a fight like that would mean a lot for Connor to show fans. Okay, he actually deserves to fight for the championship. Tony doesn't need that. Tony doesn't need to prove that he's worthy of a title shot against Nurmagomedov. He doesn't. You know, hell, he might be champion already if his knee never got torn up. He might be champion, and he came back. What? Did he did he come back on six and six months notice to beat Anthony Pettis? He's 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 
Will is is second to none in this sport. It's unbelievable. I don't think he needs a Justin Gaethje fight to prove anything, but if he wants to be the Hulk Hogan, cup his, his, uh, his hand to his ear to, to do this for all the nurses and doctors and give the people entertainment in a, in a, in a storm of crap where we got no sports and nothing to watch, yeah, listen, I think it'll help him. I, I, don't think it, I, I definitely don't think it, it hurts him from a fan perspective, but he could lose the fight. He could lose to Justin Gaethje, and I know that's the risk these guys always take when they go in there, but if he loses this, this fight, he is the boogeyman opponent I don't feel like anybody wants to face, and I don't feel like is going to get a shot again because I feel like Namaga Madoff will sit back and laugh and hold on to his gold and never take him on again. And for Connor, um, I don't think that that matchup against Tony will be one that he's going to feel like he needs. If anything, I think that'll put him back, make Gaethje look better. And so if Connor beats Gaethje, then it makes the uh, the Namaga Madoff fight. Uh, him seem even more legit to fight Namaga Madoff for the belt. So I, I just look, man. I hope Tony's going to get paid handsomely for this. I hope they all get paid handsomely for this. But I, I hope that the reward is certainly worth the risk and all of the headaches that he had to deal with, especially Namaga Madoff uh, pulling out of this fight yet again. We're back with more on Fighters Fury after this. Three, two, one. Welcome back, everybody. It is Fighters Fury here on Seven Ninety The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Uh, but there was some crazy news this week with uh, Billy Joe Saunders where the <laughs> WBO super middleweight champion of the world, Billy Joe Saunders, he was getting set to fight Canelo Alvarez probably very soon. Uh, he got suspended by the British Boxing Board. They took his license away because of a video that he put up where he was basically, it was like a, a give advice on, on how to hit your woman during a quarantine of COVID-19. And they came in swiftly and they said, F that, sir. Get get the hell out of here with with that kind of uh with, with that with that kind of endorsement of things to say. So they uh they took his license away from uh from his his remarks on social media. And it was it was one of those things where he uh he's you know, this is a guy who's been in trouble a bunch. You know, he got into trouble for offering drugs to a woman if she uh performed an act. To uh, to one of his buddies, uh, you know he's been a guy who has tested positive and been suspended for uh, for for using PEDs, and you know Billy Joe Saunders is a guy who uh, you know I think probably his his real prime performance where everybody was like whoa this guy could be someone was against David Lemieux, and that performance was a while ago. Uh, it, it's saying something. So you know this guy continues to go down the 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 path of being a, a complete jackass you know if i if 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 we may and you know i think a lot of people probably don't get the idea of it because you know he's a british star and you know hung with tyson fury a lot but yeah just very disappointed to see stuff like this because it's it's not like you know this is a sport that has had its share of domestic violence around its fighters in the past so you have a guy actively going out there uh joking about it endorsing and making videos about it uh, it just just doesn't play, man. Especially with uh, with the with the, it's bad enough that you you do it, but you do it in the situation that we're in right now, just uh, just awful. And uh, Chris Eubank Jr. is uh, is one of those guys where he's he's hosing him down. He goes, so Billy Joe Saunders is a woman beating, COVID nineteen hoaxing, drug abusing, police impersonating moron. Oh yeah, paid a vulnerable woman to punch an innocent man in the face as well. How many chances is this idiot going to get before we take his license away for a good amount of time? 
As fighters at the top, we have kids looking up to us, copying what we do inside and outside the ring, and having Billy Joe Saunders represent boxing is an injustice to all women suffering in abusive relationships and to kids who learn that from abusers. Um, it's uh, it's rough, man. Now, his uh, you know Billy Joe would go on and he would reply to uh, to Chris Eubank by you know sending a message of uh, sending a screenshot of him uh, beating him in a fight, but. You know, it, it's tough to argue. I mean, like, look, we're not talking about the results of you as a boxer. I think every this is the thing that's always funny is like whenever professional athletes or fighters get in trouble, they think their response is, uh, yeah, but the results, uh, the results erase what I did. And we talked a little bit this, about this with John Jones last week is where he is one of the rare guys where a lot of what he has done outside the cage has not affected his performance inside the cage that he's. His greatness is still pretty unparalleled uh, despite taking every wrong turn personally. Uh, and with Billy Joe Saunders, it's not the same case. Like This has not been a guy who's looked like a world beater for a while now. And now you put on top of it uh, all this jackassery that he's doing outside of the ring. It's just, it's just, it's just wholly disappointing. Uh, some other news from across the pond. Anthony Joshua versus Kubrat Pulev. Was officially postponed. Uh, not surprising. They were. Uh, they were. I think it was. It was June twentieth. They were scheduled to do that for Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn, you've had to twist his arm a little bit. He's been. Uh, I would say the closest thing to Dana White as far as this coronavirus uh, pandemic is concerned with scheduling his fights. He's really tried to think every which way to try and keep boxing going. Um, but this is not. Uh, look, this is not surprising. This is what it is, and, and I think people are. Hoping that a lot of this stuff uh, gets cleared up, but we don't know, man. Like this has been a week where we've had people in the NBA talk about they think the season's done. We've had Kirk Herbstreit come out recently and say that he thinks there's not going to be a football season next season. So, you know, do with that what you will. All it means for for right now is we're in a situation where it's a a lot of stuff up in the air. Um, I told you the thing that scares me about boxing is I'm trying to find on this where the date is. Where is the the time where it could turn around. Because with football, we know when football is going to start. With basketball, we kind of have the idea that you know this stuff probably has to be wrapped up by the time the NFL gets going. Maybe that means a delayed start to next season. Um, the rumors around baseball are July 4th opening day, maybe a 100-game season instead of 162. Uh, but, man, with boxing and, and then with the UFC, we've, we've, you know, we've talked uh, to – up and down about UFC 249. We don't really talk about any other card. I don't know what the situation with that's going to be. Um, but with boxing, man, boxing just doesn't have that date where we're looking at and saying that is where things can get back to where it's supposed to be. We thought maybe that was going to be in July with Fury Wilder 3. That got postponed last week. Now we have Joshua. His fight is put on hold. Um, you know, you start looking around, you scrounge around, you're like, man, is this going to be one of those things where like Canelo Triple G in September is going to be the big thing where we all return because boxing is also interesting in that it has waves. Typically, like August isn't a month where they do a lot of business. Everybody kind of stays off. A lot of people on vacation. It's not a very big business month. I remember my family. Uh, we used to we used to shut the doors at August. We had a, we had a furniture store, Nielsen's Furniture in Deerfield Beach for decades. And my grandfather would always close in August. He said, F it. You know, we, we don't do business anyway. Everybody can kind of recharge their batteries. Very, It's almost a very European model where they just take all this time off 
Uh, my grandfather would get up every single day, you know, put the cookies out, make the coffees for his customers, and you know, would do that six days a week. Uh, didn't work on Sundays, and then on uh, and then August shut it on down. Just because business wasn't good, there's was no point. Nobody was here in Florida. Everybody was either uh, out of town or just wasn't in the mood to shop. All that type of stuff. So. Boxing is similar in that regard. I know it took a weird turn there, but boxing is similar in that regard where it, um, you know, it, it usually goes in waves. Usually it's like Cinco de Mayo to July, and then we'll re- kind of take August off, and then we'll resume back at Mexican Independence Weekend uh, for a Canelo fight again. It's kind of like the, the, the seasons of Canelo. It's like May to July, and then September to December. Um, with maybe a couple things sprinkled in there in the early winter going, like a February fight, something like that, usually a St. Patrick's Day fight. And I'm talking about major pay-per-views. Obviously, you know, with the way things are with the, the streaming platform, I mean, you, you were getting a boxing card damn near every week. Um, that was interesting. Uh, wanted to give a quick shout-out locally to uh, Aaron Aponte, the, uh, the Alien King. He turned professional this week. He's a friend of the show. We interviewed him, um, I want to say in September. And Aaron was supposed to... Uh, go fight in Tokyo for the Olympics. He had a lot of uh, national amateur accolades, but obviously uh, the Olympics are postponed. And that is a very fragile thing when it comes to young fighters. Uh, the time of the Olympics, why certain guys get to be on the Olympics. And it's it's a bit of a lost opportunity because I would say more so now than maybe over the last 10 years, they're really marketing those people of this guy was an Olympic gold medalist. This guy was an Olympian. Uh, Shakur Stevenson and and uh, Clarissa Shields really come to mind as two two Olympians who everybody really looks uh, top rank really built around and Showtime built around. So it is a, it is a lost opportunity, but I think it's the the best you make of an opportunity. You know, there's a guy uh, we've interviewed a couple times, Xander Zayas, who didn't match up with the Olympics, didn't line up with the Olympics age wise. So just went straight to the pros. So Aaron is you know, 18 years old. Uh, seen him spar a couple times. This dude's an absolute beast. Uh, he's got a good manager, I think, in Peter Kahn, who's good at guiding these young uh, these young fighters. So, uh, congratulations to him. Really good kid, and look forward to speaking with him down the road. But uh, big congratulations, Hialeah's own trains right there at the KO Fitness Gym in Hialeah. Uh, great family around him, and that's very involved with his uh, with his boxing career, as a lot of these young fighters are. So, all the best to him, man. Just wanted to give him a shout out and and wish him the best and. Uh, in these troubling times. Uh, before we get out of here, if I could give you some recommended viewing. So we were talking about the um, we were talking about the lead up to UFC 249. Some people throwing their hat in the ring, and and it kind of cranked up again with Jorge Masvidal and Kamara Usman. It was weird, man. You know, they're both saying I'm getting I am getting a little tired of because I'm getting a little tired of the back and forth between them from the standpoint of I just want them to fight already. Because I, I and I, and this is the funny thing. I called this back when you guys remember. I said when uh, I remember we got to interview them both at, at Super Bowl Radio Row when the, uh, we interviewed Jorge the day before of the 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 scuffle, and we interviewed Kamara who's been literally ten minutes after the scuffle happened between the two of them. But I I told I told you guys I thought that Jorge, as much as he and his management talked about the counter fight, the counter fight, the counter fight. I know everybody wants the Conor fight. I know everybody does. But he didn't have any reason for wanting to fight Conor other than money. And I want all fighters to get paid well, but making money is not the number one motivation of me wanting to watch a fight. I don't want to watch a fight because 
these guys are getting paid oodles of money. I get it. A lot of the times we dictate, you know, a conversation around what these guys' payday is going to be and what what how much dough they're going to make. Um, they all should be making a ton more, trust me, especially in the UFC. But the juicier fights are the ones that have the great backstory. And, and Usman and Jorge have just done a better job of selling fighting each other than Jorge has of fighting Connor or Camaro has of wanting to fight Leon Edwards, which made no sense. I remember talking to him before his fight uh, with Colby, and he's like, yeah, I don't think George is uh, deserving. I think we should fight Leon Edwards. I'm like, you do? Like, really? Like, that's that's what we're going to do? You're going to undercut him like that? Um, but Masvidal, I mean, he dropped this YouTube video this week, and, I mean, it is a work of art. I mean, they go back to the archives on Kamaru Usman of, him praising Masvidal and ripping Masvidal, him calling himself Martin, calling himself uh, uh, Kamara Usman, uh, you know, from, um, you know, some of his stuff where, you know, he he had the grabbing the fence controversies on the uh, Ultimate Fighter show, all that type of stuff. So it's a really, really funny video. Uh, props where props is due for them for that. Um, as far as, you know, and as far as Kamara, Kamara's calling, uh, you know, called Jorge a clout chaser, uh, you know, they're calling him soft. There's a look, there's a, there's not only a crosstown rivalry, there's a, a knowing each other rivalry. There is a, uh, there's just the fact that they're one's the champion and one I think is the deserving contender at that well at that weight class. And then there is also the fact where you have the management teams hate each other like poison, and that is, you know, Ali, whatever the hell they're called, Dominance MMA, and uh, you know, the Kawa brothers with first round management. Obviously, there's been physical altercations there, uh, uh, verbal altercations like crazy. They don't like each other. So you have two management teams that do great jobs on social media where they're going back and forth. But ultimately, I want to see these guys fight in an octagon. I want to see Jorge Masvidal versus Kamaru Usman. Uh, I would say second to Tony versus Khabib, which I might as well just give up on. It's the fight I want to see the most. I'm excited about it. And uh, they've done a great job building it. So now it's just kind of time to go. Like I saw DC intermittent uh, intervene with these guys on social media saying, all right, they both want to fight each other. Can we just make the fight happen? Uh, which I appreciate I'm like, yeah, they, what they need is a neutral party because if we're ever going to get this fight to happen, it's, if it's going to be between these two, just chirping, it feels like no one's ever going to make it happen and, 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 and have it come to fruition. But hopefully uh, we will get it this year. You know, it's kind of hard to know what, what, uh, know what date everything's going to be on but um i do know this i know that's going to be a hell of a fight when it happens i hope everybody stays safe out there thank you for listening to this episode of fighters fury we'll talk to you guys same time same place next week stay safe everybody we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.